My body is currently like 48% caffeine and the rest of it is period brain. So we'll see how this episode turns out. (laughs) You are about to enter the courtroom of the Honorable Judge Kenny J.D. Does she have any movie critic experience? No. Does she have any authority? No. But they gave her a show anyways. The movies are bad. The cases are good. The rulings are final. This is in defense of... Hi, hello, and welcome to the season finale of In Defense Of. I am your host, your judge, and your jury, Kenny J.D. And on this show, we talk about movies that did poorly at the box office and or got really bad ratings, and I decide whether or not the movie deserved it. Uh, I'm super, like, it's bittersweet. I've had a fun time. I've been, like, diving into movies that I've considered watching, never considered watching, and all of which have been fun, even if the experience itself wasn't the best, uh, as far as, like, terrible movies along the way. Some of them were just really bad, but some of them were just really good in a way that I can newly appreciate. Um, If you've been watching our series uh, this season, I would love to hear what your favorite movies were slash what your favorite episodes were and whether or not those are the same. I do find that certain bad movies make for better videos, but you don't wanna watch the movie. You know what I mean? Or vice versa. And today, to cap off the season, I am going on a personal journey to finally answer the question, What the fuck is Vanilla Sky? (laughs) Because we're talking about Vanilla Sky 2001 with uh, Tom Cruise, Cameron Diaz, and Penelope Cruz today. Um, But before we get into that, feel free to follow us here on More Butter. Subscribe to us here on More Butter. Give us a like. Again, comment down below on your thoughts on this movie or any other movies that we talked about on the channel. Um, If you are listening to us via podcast, feel free to give us five stars on, say, Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And we would really appreciate it. And again, uh, thanks again for joining us on this, just uh, this tailspin, this beautiful chaos that is the More Butter channel and especially here on IDO. Yay. I forgot to do the whole, like, I have a gavel bit. Got to make up for it. Okay. So like I said, today we are talking about a film that in many ways is a little bit of my own personal kind of, um, I don't want to say origin story because I had never seen the movie until uh, six hours ago. (laughs) But I remember distinctly at one point, I was say six to seven years old, maybe a Definitely under 10. And I remember turning to my mother, having seen the cover of this movie, Vanilla Sky 2001 with Tom Cruise on it. It was called Vanilla. I was a fat little child. So I was fascinated. (laughs) And um, I went to my mother and I said, mom, what is this movie about? What is Vanilla Sky about? I thought it would be about baking because my mother also had chocolate. Um, I didn't see that movie either. I wonder was that good. But again, fat little child, I was thinking cupcakes. So I went up to her and I was like, yo, what's this movie about? She said, quote, it's not good. (laughs) She got it at a bargain bin at Big Lots for like (laughs) $2.99. Do they still even have Big Lots anymore? Big Lots was the plug. (sighs) Good times. Uh, But yeah, she got Vanilla Sky on DVD for like $2.99. I think she maybe watched the first 20 minutes and... I never found out what Vanilla Sky was about. 
Fast forward to a few weeks ago, I was on Twitter and a photo, a promotional photo from Vanilla Sky with, again, Tom Cruise, Cameron Diaz, and Penelope Cruise went viral. Um, And it was hard to tell whether or not it was supposed to be sexy. Uh, And if it were, I commented that is the least uh, sexy thing I've ever seen. So if this was supposed to be like a sexy thing to look at, it wasn't. Um, now being that I had never seen Vanilla Sky, um, come to find out, uh, it's hard to say whether or not it was supposed to be sexy <laughs> because now I've seen Vanilla Sky and now I know why no one can never answer what the fuck is Vanilla Sky. In preparation for th- this particular video, I wanted to know what Vanilla Sky was about. And I've read several like synopses, you know, short synopses that are supposed to say, hey, this sounds like a tagline for a film. Would you like to watch it? And it was always this incredibly vague, uh, a, a guy who is uh, has a lot of money in New York and suddenly goes for the ride of his life. And I'm like, in what way? Like, like can you say what the movie's about? <laughs> um, and no one can ever say what the movie's about. And so I, of course, have decided to take the lofty task of trying to explain. As I was watching this movie, I realized I may have to make a video on my own channel uh, talking about either this or the movie that it's originally based off of, which I'll get to in a second, because there's just a lot to unpack. Um, but I will uh, preface by saying... This movie is fucking terrible. I have a mic in front of me. This movie is fucking terrible. (laughs) But it's also bad in a way that perplexed me. Uh, Not much different than, say, a Showgirls. I I feel like I compare a lot of things to Showgirls. But one of the things that I always talk about with Showgirls, I'm getting so ahead of myself. One of the things that I always said about Showgirls is that it's bad, but you can tell that someone very skilled made it. And that's kind of how I feel about this movie. After leaving the viewing experience two hours and 11 minutes, I'll never get back. I said, I don't know how the fuck I feel about this movie because it was awful, but also could have been good. And then I found out it was based off of another film. And I was like, ah, so it once was. They just decided to remake it, make it terrible, and add Tom Cruise. So this is also the second time we have a remake or a remix, if you will, uh, that they just plop Tom Cruise in. Check out my Mummy 2017, not to be mistaken with Brendan Fraser, Mummy, the good one. Uh, That also was terrible remix of the original Mummy. And they, again, plop. Tom Cruise into it. Anyway, uh, but yes, you walk into Vanilla Sky and you don't know what genre you're watching. You don't know if you're watching um, a, like a rom-com, just like a general drama. Uh, you don't know if you're watching a, like a thriller, psychological a murder, mystery, crime drama. You don't know if you're watching sci-fi. It is some of the most... Uh, disconcerting (laughs) of a viewing experience I've had um, probably since the last time I watched a a Spanish film. Again, this movie is based off of another film. Spoiler, it's Spanish. (laughs) And that might tell you a lot because I love, I'm, I'm really starting to grow a deep appreciation for Spanish film because it is, at least what I've seen, is weird and I love it. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about opening statements. So apparently, according to the internet, uh, 
Vanilla Sky is a 2001 American science fiction psychological thriller, also romantic drama thing. Uh, and it was directed, written, and co-produced by Cameron Crowe. It is the English adaptation of Alejandro Ahmed Navar. Ahmed Navar. It's AP Spanish that they put me in as a fluke because they thought I spoke more Spanish than I actually did. Ale Alejandro Ahmed Amen Navar, <laughs> 1997 Spanish film called Open Your Eyes or Abre Los Ojos. Also with Penelope, per, 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 also with Penelope, per, why can't I say her name? Also with Penelope Cruz, there you go. Reprising her role as Sophia from the original film. This film's main star is Tom Cruise, also starring Kurt Russell, Cameron Diaz, and again, Penelope Cruz. Um, at the box office, uh, Vanilla Sky opened at number one at the box office in the United States when it was first presented on December 14th, 2001. The opening weekend took in a gross of $25 million and the movie ended up grossing worldwide a little over $200 million. So considering the budget for the film was only 68 million, ended up being a big financial success. So as far as its critic review, it's a bit controversial. I even was juggling with the idea of whether or not I even wanted to present this movie on IDO because as if we compare it to like other films that bombed really bad at the box office or got really, really poor ratings, it's not quite as strong. However, the critic review on Rotten Tomatoes is 42%, which is pretty low. Audiences seem to have been more forgiving of the film, which I'm actually surprised about. Um, they gave it 72% with over 250,000 ratings. Some other sources, we have IMDb, who gave it a 6.9 out of 10. Uh, Metacritic gave it 45%, and user scores gave it an 8.3. So it seems like critics weren't a huge fan and audiences were skewing more towards, you know, enjoying it. I would argue that uh, a lot of that audience enjoyment is because people just like Tom Cruise in the early 2000s. But this movie is truly a shock to the senses in a way that I personally think makes it awful. <laughs> Uh, but the critic consensus is that it's an ambitious mix of genres. Again, it's all of them. They just threw them in a bag and, and decided which scene was going to have that genre. Um, but Vanilla Sky collapses into an incoherent jumble. Facts. And Cruz's performance lacks depth. And it's hard to feel sympathy for his narcissistic character. Yes. All of those. Exactly. So after watching this movie, I watched it for the first time again about six hours ago. And I, after leaving the film, I remember thinking, wow, how did I just watch a movie that is so good, but also simultaneously in ways that don't negate how good it is, how is it also terrible? <laughs> Very few films have, uh, uh, had this particular effect on me. I feel like it's hard to make a film like this. You have to make it in its own, you know, um, failed seriousness kind of way. I feel like, i.e. I, I, a showgirl, something earnest and sincere, maybe even a tempting comedy at some times, but it's truly looking to make something, at least as I understood it, something sincere. And this movie does try to do that. 
It tries to be true to the original film, Open Your Eyes, while putting some sort of like, you know, uh, Y2K uh, fear of technology kind of spin on it in a way that's a lot more like uh, chrome laden than perhaps in the original film. And there's many parts in which this movie is just beautiful to look at. But it's also incredibly clunky and awkward and telenovela-esque, but not with the, the emotional consistency to back that up. It feels like just this chaotic sparring of events and info dumps, and there's nothing engrossing about it. It's just confusing and, again, incoherent. I'm just staring off, by the way. I just realized that. I haven't looked at the camera. I haven't looked at my notes. I'm just living in the bubble that is Vanilla Sky right now. And I left it and I was fascinated, enthralled. I still don't know if I like Vanilla Sky, but after watching it, I had to see the original. I had to know what this movie was trying to do. <laughs> if you want to watch the original movie, Abre Los Ojos or um, Open Your Eyes, it is on Amazon Prime. If you have Prime Video, it's free with ads, which was kind of annoying, but I ended up watching that directly afterwards. So I know the twists or whatever. And it was fascinating to behold how Vanilla Sky came from that movie. I actually really like Open Your Eyes. It's a very, very good movie. I don't know if I like it more because I already saw Vanilla Sky, so I knew where the story was going and what I uh, should be looking for, I guess, to some degree. Um, but I just greatly prefer <laughs> Open Your Eyes. It, it it doesn't have this odd, like, cocaine-laden <laughs> erraticism. Is that a word? Just all over the placeness that is sporadic chaos that is uh, Vanilla Sky visually. And um, it's it's a lot more just playing around with the, the actual core story is the original movie because it is the core story. It's what they're basing it off of. It's, a, it's just a better film. It's a tighter film. It's a more coherent film. Still has a lot of the elements of like kind of mystery that that are involved to some degree in Vanilla Sky, but in a way that is making a point <laughs> and has a general story structure, time structure. Though playing around with like um, timelines and stuff like that, it's not particularly completely linear. Um, it also has a lot more artful ways of divulging information that I feel like uh, Vanilla Sky very much so falls short of. Vanilla Sky is just a worse version of the original movie. <laughs> but in some ways, visually, it's also in this kind of technicolor way, you know, visually fascinating in a lot of ways. I don't know. It's I'm confused is <laughs> what it all boils down to. Why, hello there. Popping in to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Ritos. Ritos Soda, who is quite possibly my favorite soda to ever come in a glass bottle. Ritos Soda comes in 12 flavors, so you're sure to find one that you like. The flavors are Mexican Cola, Grapefruit, Tamarind, Strawberry, Mandarin, Lime, Guava, Pineapple, one of my favorites, Mango, another one of my favorites, Watermelon, Passion Fruit, Fruit Punch, 
and Jamaica, not to be confused with Jamaica. They're made with real sugar, all natural flavors, and are made with no HFCs. As of right now, my favorite flavors keep changing. At first, I was always like a fruit punch, strawberry girl. Now I'm leaning towards mango or pineapple. So if you would like to try every flavor, you can check it out by going to the link in the description box so you can get your personal Jaritos Fiesta pack at Walmart. Big thanks again to Jaritos Soda for sponsoring today's video. So uh, we've come to the part of the video where I've decided I'm going to attempt to um, present some form of plot. <laughs> and the reason why I feel like I have to preface it like that is because as I've told you before, I've tried to know what this movie is about. And after having watched it, I realized why no one really straight up says what the movie is about. They want you to go in as blind as possible. Um, and so for that, I think right now I'm going to do my first ever actual spoiler alert. If you plan to watch this movie, it's on Amazon. Uh, no, it's on, if you're going to watch Vanilla Sky, it's on HBO Max right now. So I will spoiler alert right now because I'm going to ruin, you know, the plays with timeline. I'm going to ruin the um, twist. I'm going to try to not go into, well, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go in detail because <laughs> This is the movie. I need you to understand you're walking into a fucking landmine. Either movie. But I, you know, I think Abre Los Ojos is a better um, made narrative, better made story. Um, it has way better pacing. Uh, Vanilla Sky is quite clunky in a lot of ways, but the core stories are the same. So if you plan to watch either of those movies, or to compare them as I inadvertently ended up doing, uh, I would stop here because I'm about to tell you everything about it. So the movie follows David Ames, uh, again, played by Tom Cruise. Um, he's kind of the rich son of a rich dude who um, left him his company. He inherited from his father. So he's just very, very rich and he's handsome and he fucks a lot of bitches. And that's what we need to know about him. He's very much so, you know, a bachelor, a ladies' man. Uh, and one of the women that he sleeps with regularly is a woman named Julie, played by Cameron Diaz, who <laughs> is insane. She just has that like, I'm gonna rip your testicles off, but I'm gonna say I'm really cool with just being your fuck buddy. <laughs> anyway, um, he has a casual sexual relationship with this girl named Julie, played by Cameron Diaz. Um, and you kind of get the vibe. She's a little off. <laughs> I couldn't put my finger on it. I was like, I don't know what this movie's going to become, but something's giving me fatal attraction-y about her. And I wasn't wrong. <laughs> but that you wish that's where this movie stopped. You wish that it was just a fatal attraction movie and we ended it. This movie is all over the fucking place. <laughs> but anyway, he ends up meeting another woman named Sophia um, that his best friend has a crush on and introduced him to. They meet during a party uh, and David and Sophia end up spending the day together, spending the night together, non-sexually, just getting to know each other and end up falling in love very quickly. Um, he leaves her apartment the next morning and there he sees Cameron Diaz's character, what's her name again, Julie, outside of the apartment and she offers to give him a ride and so that they can talk. During which she breaks down. You can tell that she's, you know, driving with intent to harm both of them. And she ends up driving her car off a cliff uh, and it slams at a wall 
and she ends up dying during the accident. But David ends up surviving, but is severely disfigured on his face, arms, and legs. Despite all the money in the world and all the influence, he's not able to find doctors that are able to put him back uh, to do a reconstructive surgery that allows him to look like he always had. Instead, they offer him like a prosthetic mask, which is fucking terrifying. <laughs> um, it's, I'd argue just showing your, your, I mean, showing his real face would have been, we would understand. I don't know. This is early 2000s. People weren't particularly empathetic. And the people sucked in the early 2000s. So they probably were just being terrible. To, but I think nowadays, you know, if you have a, a if you had an accident, no one's going to be around like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but back then, I guess he's like, I'd rather walk around with this like scream murderer mask on because that's less terrifying than my face, my normal face. Anyway, but the accident has really like depressed him. Again, he was considered a very handsome man prior to the accident. His world has been really shaken up. Well, there was a time period in which he was in a coma after the accident as well. So several months have passed at this point. Um, And he ends up seeing uh, Sophia again, and she's kind of withdrawn from him um, a bit. Sophia feels like very uncomfortable around him. Uh, You know, there's there's a lot to be said about perhaps why she does. is it because of how he looks? Is it because of the accident? Is it because she really doesn't know him? They only, they fell in love in one night. She doesn't really know him. He had a big accident and she, and then they hadn't seen each other since then, but they all agree to go to a club, his friend, Sophia, and, and well, he wants to go out with Sophia, but Sophia invites the friend cause she doesn't feel comfortable being with just him. Um, and at this club, David gets very, 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 very drunk. And at one point, Sophia and the friend end up going off without David and he's um, left drunk wallowing in the gutter, like literally in the gutter, (laughs) not figuratively, like in the gutter. He awakes the next morning and Sophia apologizes to him. um, And it seems like the world is starting to write itself. Suddenly, his doctors are able to do a new miracle surgery that can put his face back together 100% as if he never was in an accident. Everything's amazing. He has Sophia. He has his face. He seems to have his job because um, the board was trying to get rid of him after his accident, saying that he wasn't capable of running the company anymore. And suddenly, everything seems right with the world. But Fast forward and he starts to have more nightmares of his disfigurement. It seems to like come back in his nightmares, um, but then disappears in the morning. Um, But one day he ends up meeting a mysterious man at a bar. The man kind of says something along the lines of like, everyone in this room is in here for you. Like they'll do whatever you want them to. Alluding, I guess, to the audiences that, well, he is rich, powerful, straight white man, (laughs) like, in early 2000s, like pr- pretty accurate. Um, but I was starting to wonder, I was like, is this him like falling into like a narcissistic, are we following him falling into a narcissistic spiral? Um, because he ends up shouting like he just wants everyone to shut the fuck up 
and everyone's it's creepy. It's a I will say of all the scenes, this one is so good. Not when he delivers the line, I want everybody to shut the fuck up. He's actually terrible. I I hate the way he delivered the line there. Um in the original movie they do it much better. But uh he says, I want everybody to shut the fuck up, and everyone stops immediately and they all just stare at him. And the mysterious man is like, see, you control everything here. So we start to kind of understand that we're watching um David's psychological spiral perhaps since the since the accident and it continues because now he starts to see Sophia as Julie he starts to mix them up he's seeing Julie in photographs that had Sophia in them he uh he goes into Sophia's house and he is like yelling because he sees Julie and she's like I'm Sophia I'm Sophia I'm Sophia but it looks like Julie what ends up happening is he ends up having a psychotic break while having sex with Sophia and imagining Julie. And he ends up smothering her with a pillow, thinking that it's Julie, but it was Sophia. So I haven't brought this up, but throughout the movie, we've seen him masked talking to a psychiatrist, presumably in prison for this murder. A lot of other shit happens. Lo and behold, he starts to remember as he's talking to the psychiatrist that He, at one point in his dreams or somewhere between reality and dreaming, he went to a company called Life Extension. He's able to convince the guards to let him and his psychiatrist go to Life Extension to figure out what this is all about. And this is where we unpack what's happened. Now, again, watch the original movie because I much prefer how they handled this. I thought it was like, it didn't, it didn't like just fall apart as I kind of feel this movie does. Um, But long story short, we find out that David actually died the night of him passing out in the gutter, but he signed a contract with life extension so that once he dies, he will be frozen in ice like fucking Walt Disney to be reanimated so that his consciousness will stay alive in an alternate universe. You did not see this coming. I know if you haven't seen the movie or either of the movies, you did not see this coming. So his mind is existing in this new place where he can just exist within a dream. So from him being in the gutter onwards was not real. Sophia never started to date him. Uh, They never had a love together. Um, He never... Well, he never killed anybody. Also, the psych, the psychiatrist isn't real. This whole thing isn't real. <laughs> and so the man that he met, the mysterious man, is ultimately just like tech support <laughs> to come in and talk him through like what he's actually experiencing. And he's like, well, if I'm supposed to be living in a dream, why am I in jail? Why did I kill the love of my life? Why, like, why am I living in a nightmare? And he's like, well, you control that. Like you control that existence and you know the mind can play weird tricks on us so so ultimately the tech support guy is like hey now that we've corrected you know that you're living in in a suspended reality that you have all control of would you prefer to continue living in this perfect dream that you can create the one in which you're with Sophia your face is fine everything is up to you or would you like to return to your body and be unfrozen 150 years into the future 
where perhaps they'd be able to fix your face in real life and you can just live on from there? Can you live a real life? You, you have the choice between living a real life or living this dream life if you so choose. David decides that, as they kind of allude to throughout the movie, that life isn't worth living without the sour and the sweet. If he lives in this perfect dream life, then maybe that's why his mind made up a bunch of terrible shit to happen even in his dream life. It just feels like life's not worth living if it's all good all the time, I guess. I don't know. They they have this conversation at the top of a building when he's like, choose between this perfect life or the new life. Um, but if you j- choose a new life 150 years in the future, you'd have to jump off this building to wake yourself up from the dream. And he decides to jump off the building to wake himself up from a dream. And the movie ends with David opening his eyes and we don't know what happens. Now, that's a very, very whittled down <laughs> explanation of this movie because, again, it's a lot visually and conceptually and, and narrative-wise. Again, the original movie without all the, like, I would, I personally believe very distracting visual aesthetic components of Vanilla Sky was dense enough to garner a lot of questions about, like, Oh, what is the moral between like what is what's what is good without bad in relativity and like are we living in a dream? What is life? Who are we? Like that's enough. I didn't need some of the visual shit that they did in this movie to fuck me up even more. There's an element of this movie though these though both movies are technically the same movie, like pretty much line after line and scene after scene are very similar they're made completely different in like a tonal way in like a um in a uh, delivery way and i just don't enjoy <laughs> the direction that was chosen for vanilla sky i find it um taking away a lot of the gravitas of the film but not in a way that's like good it's not like good comedic relief it's just like tonally odd and jarring and off-putting um and especially after watching the original one where i was like oh this could work if you just pick a vibe but this movie didn't it was all over the place it was jarring it was it's it's basically the original movie just on a lot of cocaine and it didn't need it. The concept itself is a man dying and being reborn in a virtual reality that we follow him through. I didn't need more things to make that harder to follow. (laughs) And then besides that, how do I put this? This is going back to the original issue I had with The Mummy. Maybe I just don't really like Tom Cruise in movies that aren't him just running and doing stuff. Like I like a Mission Impossible. I don't want you to lead art cinema for me. Maybe I just haven't seen enough Tom Cruise movies. I don't know, but uh, I'm just not rocking with this like general, like don't give him a lot of lines. (laughs) Like I don't like anything where he talks too much. But yeah, yeah. um, I still don't really know how to say whether or not I think this movie is good. The Vanilla Sky. I do think Open Your Eyes is great. I think that's a very good movie. As far as Vanilla Sky, It left me feeling full and empty. It made me feel like, wow, I wasted all my time, but also I would do it again. (laughs) So, so the verdict, um, (sighs) 
innocent. I can't believe I'm saying that. But I want people to watch it. And I bet, I want you to watch Vanilla Sky first. Watch it first. And then watch the original movie. And see if you feel the same things that I feel right now. Again, the movies are conceptually identical. But one is really bad. <laughs> but also good because it was based off of a good movie. I think that's it. Like the core premise is it was interesting and like, oh, well, this is where I'm going. But like, and then they just made it like in technicolor for the new millennium, I guess. And it just made it worse, you know? There, there's elements of it that feels very like early 2000s fear of technology and consumerism type thing that was added that I don't know to what degree that was really well flushed out or really added anything to the story. There was a lot added to this movie that just didn't need to be there. I think that's a, like whatever lines were added could have not been any like kind of side plot premises really slowed down and made the the story kind of drag. And it's interesting because both movies are two hours or so, but one needed to be two hours and the other was just like for shits and giggles. Let's put a dog that also got brought back to life. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't a fan, uh, but I also loved it. I don't know what to say. I'm a complicated woman. What can I say? If we're gonna, if we're gonna end a, end a, uh, did I say series finale earlier? I meant season. If we're gonna end a season, we might as well end it with a cliffhanger, a little drama. Am I the drama? Anyway, hey, I hope you guys enjoyed this season, our first season. Um, I hope you've been, uh, thank you for being, I should say, Thank you for being patient with us as we were kind of figuring stuff out, figuring out a flow. Um, it's been really great um, being able to talk about even, you know, different movies than I would talk about on my own channel or even I would watch personally, because I think, you know, putting them within this particular context of like movies that didn't get their flowers, did they deserve them, presents a very particular confine for me to look at movies. And I ended up watching some movies that I really, really like along the way and some that I hated and some that just perplexed me greatly. And I think Vanilla Sky is in a way falls into that category. Again, something very, um, showgirls adjacent. <laughs> but uh, if you like this video, if you're having fun here on More Butter, feel free to like it. Feel free to follow us here. Subscribe to us here. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Kenny JD, so feel free to follow me on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all of which are Kenny JD. And thanks for listening and watching. So see you guys next time. Bye.